With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. This is Episode 1. Getting a little bit later start than we did last year. Uh, we were a little bit busy here at the Fantasy Doctors with our, our day jobs and our clinical side of work, but here we are uh, early in the month of May getting episode one up and rolling. I am back again, Dr. Physical Therapy Brandon Bowers, and we've got a new face and a new voice on the airwaves this year. Uh, Dr. Physical Therapy Drew Ingalls uh, is studying and preparing to get his orthopedic clinical specialty. Uh, so he is unable to join me for the podcast this season. So in his place, we have soon to be Dr. of Physical Therapy Aaron Berger joining me. He is just wrapping up physical therapy school now. He graduates this weekend and will be uh, becoming a licensed Dr. of Physical Therapy here before too long. So I don't want to steal all of, all of his thunder. So I'm going to pass things off to him and let him introduce himself and then we'll get this thing rolling. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, like he was saying, uh, my name's Aaron. I'm a doctor of physical therapy student, soon to be um, licensed here in about, well, not licensed, but I'll be uh, graduating here in about three days and then taking my boards in July. So lots of exciting stuff coming up. Um, I'm here in Pittsburgh, um, going to PT school about an hour north at Slippery Rock University. Um, for undergrad, I was at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where the Steelers do their training camp. Uh, played a little D3 baseball there for four years. Um, unfortunately, a Pirates fan. Uh, hopefully they can figure it out and start spending some money one of these years. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you never know with uh, the ownership over there. But, yeah, really excited to be be a part of the team and looking forward to uh, this new endeavor with you, Brandon. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Now, you mentioned you're a Pirates fan. Does that mean you have allegiances to the Steelers and the Penguins as well? I do. Uh, over here in Yinzer Nation, it's, uh, it's a little tough to get away from, from that. Um, yeah, I grew up a Steelers fan. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm only really a Penguins fan whenever they're in the playoffs. Sure. Uh, I'm a total bandwagon fan. I, 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 can't, I don't have the, the patience to watch all those games, but they make it to the playoffs every year, so I kind of I just start tagging along once they're in. You know, no, uh, go ahead. Your Blue Jackets, they're still in it, correct? Uh, no, they got bounced last night. Uh, they, uh, they just couldn't bring it against the Bruins, uh, the mighty Boston Bruins. They lost 3 nothing last night. It was, it was a heartbreaker. Uh, my dad and I actually have season tickets. And okay. so, uh, we've enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the playoff run the past few years, but unfortunately came up a little bit short after knocking off uh, the President's Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, unfortunate good. exit. But this year, I can finally say, Aaron, that my Blue Jackets made it farther in the Stanley Cup playoffs than your Penguins did. So, I'll hang my hat on that. That's true. Uh, sorry to bring up last night. 
I didn't didn't get a chance to check the scores today. Probably should have done that. You're totally (laughs) fine. Uh, On that note here, we're going to go ahead and kick things off again here. Season two, episode one of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. We're going to hit on some new injuries. Uh, May not be so new in in terms of timing, but new in terms of uh, talking about them here on the podcast uh, with David Price here for the Boston Red Sox is dealing with a little bit of elbow tendonitis, Aaron. Um, it's his left pitching elbow, and he was placed on the injured list uh, on May 6th, so just yesterday, and that was, in fact, retroactive to May 3rd. Um, he's dealt with a host of elbow injuries in the past, um, and so he's on the injured list right now. If it truly is just a tendonitis, uh, we're looking at probably a medial or lateral epicondylitis-type situation where we get some irritation of those tendons that attach up at the elbow. If we're looking at a medial epicondylitis type situation, there is definite, definite concern and warrants looking into that ulnar collateral ligament on that inner side of the elbow. There's a very close approximation between those structures. Uh, so if it's just tendonitis, it shouldn't have him out for too terribly long. Again, placed on the injured list on the sixth, retroactive to the third, and definitely a situation that I know Dr. Morris here with the Fantasy Doctors will be monitoring closely as he is a big Boston sports guy. James Pax. He is. I've, I've picked yeah. up on that for, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he, he falls right in with, with the rest of them. I mean, he, he, he's a diehard Boston sports fan, and, and he lets you know it too. So anytime we can knock him down a peg with regards to the Boston sports teams, the better. And unfortunately, as we talked about, the Blue Jackets just couldn't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And being a Steelers fan, the Patriots have had their, uh, had their number here for a few years. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's a tough way to go for all of us non-Boston fans, but it's always, it's always sweet when we can uh, knock them off. So, uh, James Paxton absolutely. for the Yankees. Aaron, uh, what's going on with him? Yeah, so James Paxton, pitcher for the Yankees, dealing with some left knee inflammation. Uh, he left his start on May 3rd and got placed on the injured list uh, the day after on May 4th. Um, had an MRI um, just to check out what was going on in there. Thankfully showed no ligamentous damage, but uh, did receive a cortisone injection. Um, Brian Cashman said in an interview on May 5th that he's expected to be sidelined for a maximum of three weeks. Uh, maybe we'll see him for the Royals series, uh, May 24th uh, through the 26th. Um, in his absence, we're looking at Jonathan uh, Loisiga to start for, for him. Um, so, yeah, that's a good little stream on Wednesday. I guess that would be tomorrow. Uh, they go against the, the Mariners. So uh, that could be a nice little streaming option there. Yeah, I mean, this is a situation, I mean, good news for the Yankees, Aaron, that it's just the the knee inflammation, no ligamentous damage, as you mentioned. Uh, So they'll look to get that calmed down and hopefully uh, no long-term effects here. And he he just joins a host and, I mean, just a laundry list of Yankees that are on that injured list. It seems like at least half of the guys that were on their opening day roster have spent some time on the injured list this season. Absolutely. You could, you could start your own MLB team with their, uh, all their injuries this year, for sure. <laughs> you know, I, I think I saw on Yankees broadcast, or maybe it was Sports Center. They, they actually had a graphic of the field, and they had players plugged in at all nine positions on the field. And I mean, it was a, it was a pretty formidable roster that, I mean, could compete with uh, the majority yeah. of the <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Carlos Rodon. for them, for sure. Carlos Rodon for the Chicago White Sox is dealing with an ulnar collateral ligament injury. That is the dreaded ligament, Aaron, as we know too well, that is involved with Tommy John surgery. Um, and Aaron, I don't know if you followed uh, our podcast last year, but we actually had the opportunity to interview and speak with Tommy John and his son, Dr. Tommy John, who's a, a chiropractor, um, about the injury epidemic. Okay. 
and ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction. So I would anticipate that we get them on again later this season. Uh, but again, that ligament is located on the inner side of the elbow. Uh, and they determined yesterday, or not yesterday, but on the 2nd of May when they placed them on the injured list, uh, that ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction or Tommy John surgery is possible. So really the, the worst uh, mm-hmm. thing in terms of surgery that you, can, that you want to hear in terms of being a pitcher Absolutely, yeah. It is on the table here for Rodon. So another situation worth monitoring, and it's not looking too good here for the White Sox. Definitely not. Next we have Brandon's boy, Corey Kluber. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this one hurt writing up, Brandon. It did. It was a tough one, man. Uh, so as you probably saw the video, Corey Kluber, starting pitcher for the Indians, was hit on the right elbow on a, on a line drive. And I think they said it was about 102 miles an hour. So it certainly wasn't bunted back. X-rays done showed a non-displaced right ulnar fracture. So that's, that's good that it wasn't displaced. So whenever a, a, a fracture is non-displaced, that means there's no uh, malalignment. So you usually see a little bit of fat, faster healing time with a non-displaced fracture compared to a displaced. So he certainly has one thing going for him. Um, and uh, the, the ulna is the bone on the outside of the forearm. Um, thankfully, no surgery, but he will be reevaluated in three to four weeks. Um, this was on May 1st, so uh, we're looking at the end of May. He'll be, he'll be reevaluated. Um, the official timeline's up in the air for, for, uh, for Kluber, but uh, certainly after the All-Star break, given the, uh, the severity of this, uh, and I read somewhere possibly sometime in August, uh, that was actually today. He said that he doesn't. This doesn't want. He doesn't want this to be a season-ending injury. Um, he definitely wants to make it back there because they're once again very competitive this year. The Indians. Yeah, this was uh, this was definitely one that hit close to home. Close to home for me. I actually wasn't watching the game that night. I, I forget what else I was doing, and I looked down at my phone and I have a couple messages saying, "What's the word on Kluber?" And I'm like, "Oh, great. This this can't be good." And I saw the video, and he certainly uh, he took a good one there off the arm. And as you mentioned, certainly good news that it was non-displaced, a little bit faster healing time. Uh, he'll be reevaluated in three to four weeks. So fingers crossed that we can get one of our horses in our rotation back in, in due time so he can do what Corey Kluber does, and that's, and that's pitch well for the Cleveland Indians. Absolutely. A.J. Pollock is a bit of an interesting case here, Aaron, for the Dodgers. Uh, he had an infection in his elbow which required his surgeons to remove hardware that they had placed in, in his elbow from a previous elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you're dealing with an infection like this, there's concern for a possible staph infection. And they really have, it's not until they get in there that they're able to identify, okay, where is this infection? Is it in the muscle? Is it in the bone? Is it in the hardware? Has, has the surgery in the, have the bones healed? Uh, so he had this surgery on May 2nd. And they determined that he did have a staph infection there in the elbow joint. And so the hardware is now out. It doesn't sound like they put any new hardware back in. So that's a, that's a good sign that indicates that his bones have healed from the initial surgery. But he will be on antibiotics for six weeks to resolve the staph, staph infection that was in there. As far as his return to play timetable, I wouldn't anticipate that it occurs any time before that six-week mark. Uh, but, I mean, so I guess good and bad news. He's going to be out just for six weeks. Um, I guess would be would be the bad news that he's missing time, but good news that the bone had completely healed and they were able to leave that hardware out altogether. So he's dealt with a host of these elbow injuries previously, and just he just can't seem to shake him. So hopefully this go around, Aaron, he's able to get over this staph infection with these antibiotics and then leave his elbow injuries as a thing of the past. 
Absolutely. Good, good talent there. AJ Pollock is. He really is. Uh, what can you tell us uh, moving back out to the East Coast? And we talked about uh, the laundry <laughs> list of injuries that the Yankees have. And we've got Giancarlo Stanton and a couple other guys coming up. Uh, what's going on with Stanton? Yeah, so Stanton uh, got placed on the injured list on April 1st. I'm sure Yankees fans thought this was a April Fool's joke at first, and they probably hoped it was. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, Stanton is dealing with a, a left bicep strain. Um, so the long head of the bicep actually inserts right on that labrum. Um, in the shoulder, which is a ring of cartilage. It just helps to add more stability to the uh, shoulder joint. Um, it's a ball and socket joint. So anytime you can get uh, more surface area to kind of keep that ball inside the socket, that's advantageous. Um, but anytime you have repeated stress on, on that, on the um, long head of the biceps, right? It's going to add some stress to that labrum as well. Um, so got an MRI, showed, showed the uh, bicep strain. Uh, got a cortisone injection into that left shoulder. Um, and they were actually on the West Coast during this. Um, and Stanton stayed out in California during the Yankees' uh, West Coast trip. They headed back home. Stanton stayed out there. Um, yes, yeah, so this has been going on since since the 1st of April. He's returned to hitting off a tee this week. Um, and BP, uh, if, if, if tee hitting goes well and ramping up activities, I think it was yesterday after he took the weekend off. Um, so hopefully we can get him back on the field soon. So they, they, whenever their lineup's healthy, I mean, top to bottom, pretty, pretty, pretty scary. So uh, we need some of these Yankees back just for the good of baseball, for sure. I mean, their lineup's one of the best in baseball. I mean, key words being when they are healthy and sure. they haven't been able to. I mean, you got the likes of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in this lineup, two of the, the biggest home run, home run hitters in the game. And Stanton and Judge have just not been able to stay healthy this season. So, I mean, as a, a fan of the Cleveland Indians, I mean, it's nice because it gives our, my guys a better chance at beating them. But like you said, for the game of baseball, uh, it's just good when every, all, all the star players are healthy and out there doing their thing. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree. A what do we have going on with uh, Ohani? Yeah, so Otani's coming back from uh, ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction, which we hit on a little bit with Carlos Rodon just a minute ago. And he's definitely kind of a, a unique situation. And I, I think we all know at this point he's been in the U.S. playing in Major League Baseball for about a year now. Last season was his first year in the bigs. And he had some ulnar collateral ligament damage that they're kind of playing with. I think that he had a PRP injection at one point last season. And then eventually they opted after the season had concluded for him to have UCL reconstruction and that was in October of last year and the, the unique thing here about Otani is he obviously pitches as we know and he and he DHs too and so he had progressed nicely through the rehab process and with pitchers typically we see about a 12 to 18 month return to play timetable where here with Otani he's not returning to pitching just yet because we're I mean we're nowhere near that 12 to 18 month return to play timetable in fact he probably won't pitch at all in 2019 but he was reevaluated today and it was determined that he is ready to DH and he's, he's able to hit and will rejoin the Angels here, I believe, either today or, or, or tomorrow. Uh, so this is just something that's a little bit unique compared to what we're normally used to seeing. Uh, obviously, the elbow doesn't have as much stress going through it on that medial side while batting as compared to pitching. And when I mean, when he's able to hit, he, he's one of the best hitters in the game. He showed flashes of that last year and it'll be exciting for the Angels to get their prize possession back. Uh, obviously Absolutely. in the batter's box this year and then hopefully as a pitcher next season. Yeah, I actually got the alert right before we went on and I was like, I'm sure Brandon caught that. That'll be, that'll be perfect. 
It's exciting because, I mean, he, he was really the, the, the prize jewel coming over here when he signed with the Angels. And I, I think there were some rumblings before he, he even came over that there was concerns about his elbow. And just another guy that you like to see out there. He, he's good for the game of baseball. And I think everybody will be glad to see him back. Absolutely. Not, not many times you uh, – how rare is it that, that somebody can hit and pitch? I mean, you got to go way back. This just, just doesn't happen anymore. And then so a talent like this to come from – from another country is just very cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's something that, I mean, it will just be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, like you said, so long, yeah. ago, so long ago, I mean, I can't recall anybody in my lifetime who's done this, and so Otani's out there doing it, and he's doing a darn good job. Absolutely. So we have, we have another Yankee on this list, unfortunately. Surprise, and that is surprise. Yeah. So Severino is scratched from his Grapefruit League start on March 5th with uh, right shoulder – uh, discomfort. I've uh, got an MRI, showed some right, right rotator cuff inflammation. Um, so if you look in books, any diagram, Brandon, you know we're not going to find a, a muscle called the rotator cuff, right? There's four different muscles um, and they all help stabilize that, um, the arm bone within the shoulder socket, right? Along with that labrum, just add some stability to an otherwise very um, unstable joint given, it, given its mechanics. Um, so that rotator cuff, anytime with overuse injuries, you're, you might have some inflammation. Um, he had a cortisone injection on March 8th. Um, like I said, he left that the Grapefruit League start on March 5th. Um, he was progressing, progressing well after the injection. Um, started throwing on March 20th from 60 feet through from 120 feet on March 25th. Um, unfortunately, he had a little bit of a setback. Um, he had some discomfort while he was throwing. Had another MRI on March 5th. Um, uh, and it actually revealed a grade two lat strain. Um, so the lat is a, a, a muscle that's commonly injured in, in baseball players. Um, just it's a back muscle, obviously, but also attaches up, up near where all the rotator cuff musculature attaches, right? So anytime we get in that overuse, um, and the lat is, is often something in younger throwers that's often undeveloped, underdeveloped, I mean, not undeveloped, um, and it can just uh, lead to increased stresses on that shoulder joint. So that, that's something you can really focus on in the young thrower. Um, just to, going back to the timeline here with Severino, on uh, April 25th, he was transferred from the 10-day injured list to the 60-day injury list. And he won't be back until after the All-Star break, according to uh, Brian Cashman. So another tough, tough blow to the Yankees. Um, they had a great, great starting uh, rotation, um, but unfortunately just seems to be a little bit by bit being decimated here yeah with those with those lat injuries I mean we, we see it throughout Major League Baseball the likes of Noah Syndergaard have dealt with this previously uh, there's a good research study that's out there on the outcomes of return to play timetables and MLB pitchers who incur lat strains or um, Terry's major strains and, and what that's shown is is looking at 60 or, or 70 major league baseball pitchers is that the return to play timetable use, utilizing conservative care for the, these Latin Terry's major injuries takes about 100 days to return to play with uh, the, the surgical side of things if you're going the surgical route to repair these muscles taking about 140 days so it's not a quick rehab and as Aaron mentioned uh, we, we shouldn't expect to see him back until after the all-star break. One more thing here on Severino. Obviously, we mentioned the rotator cuff, and I'm not sure how much of this you have seen clinically, Aaron, since you're just wrapping up school. 
but in my few years of clinical practice here as a doctor of physical therapy, I've heard a few different names for the rotator cuff that, that patients <laughs> may not uh, pronounce it correctly. So have you heard any of those? And, and what would you say the funniest pronunciation of the rotator cuff that you've heard? What has that been? I, I, I certainly don't know the funniest, but the, your, your heavy hitters are certainly going to be your rotor cup, your rotary cup. Um, does any, anything that kind of resembles something that you would, you would hear inside of a car engine as a car part, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you're going to hear it. Yeah. I mean, what, what about you? You have a funniest one that you've heard? Uh, I'd say rotary cup. I've, I've heard rotary cub, C-U-B, like, a, like a, okay. a, a, maybe a bear that rotates in the shoulder. <laughs> um, so there's definitely some good ones, and you'll find it as you kick off your career here that, I mean, patients do say the darndest things. I, I love them to death, uh, but that's why we're there as the experts to kind of help them through things and make sure that they're not their rotary cup, but their rotator cuff is back to full function when they're done with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever gets them better. Uh, yep. So um, we're going to Salvador Perez here for Kansas City. Uh, we're going to breeze over this one, really. Um, the owner collateral ligament reconstruction, he had performed as well. The Tommy John surgery on March 16th. 12 to 18-month return to play timetable, as we mentioned. Catcher for the Royals. Nothing really significant that we're going to see at this juncture for him, being that he's less than two months removed from surgery. So as far as we know, everything's progressing as expected. Anticipate that. He is um, continuing to be on the mend and then looking to make a return sometime mid to late next season. There is a chance with that if he's on the longer end of things, that 18-month return to play timetable, that he may miss a decent portion of next season. But surgery was successful on March 16th, and he has been rehabbing since. Austin Meadows for the Tampa Bay Rays, dealing with a thumb sprain. How are things going him down south, Aaron? Uh, unfortunately, the Pirates traded away Austin Meadows, so this is – uh, something that hurts my heart that he was doing so well. Well, I'm happy he was doing well, but cer certainly not happy to watch Tyre Glass now and Austin Meadows just killing it for the Rays. Yeah, it's definitely um, a bummer. Uh, right now, uh, Meadows is dealing with a right thumb sprain. Um, and commonly in the thumb, we're looking at the ulnar collateral ligament, different from the one in the elbow, obviously. Um, but that's the most common um, ligament that's injured in the thumb. Um, and he sprained it sliding to third base on April 20th. Uh, placed on the 10-day injured list on April 21st. Thankfully, no surgery for Meadows. Uh, and he actually began hitting off a tee on May 3rd, um, went to the high-velocity pitching machine on May 5th, and took BP on May 6th. So things are, are moving pretty well um, for, for Austin Meadows. Typically in, in sprains, we're looking at four to six weeks. Um, and he actually did a full workout yesterday, plans to work out again today. Uh, I didn't get to see how that went, but assuming it went well, um, he's eyeing a rehab assignment for this weekend and hopefully joining the team next week. So anybody that, that, uh, saw the potential in Meadows for season long leagues, um, should be getting some good news, uh, coming up at the end of the week, hopefully getting back next week for sure. Yeah, this is an injury with the thumb sprain and that UCL on the thumb, as Aaron mentioned, that the likes of Mike Trout has dealt with previously. And I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, he dealt with that UCL injury and had to have surgery and, and six-week return to play time table in the surgical case. So it seems like Meadows is tracking in the right direction and should be back for Tampa Bay soon. Fernando Tatis Jr. for San Diego. I'm going to stop for a second and just, just reminisce here. Uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm starting to see some of these guys, Aaron, that are the sons of guys that I remember watching play when I was a kid. 
And so it's, it's starting to hit home yeah, with me a little bit. Like, whoa, I'm, I'm getting a little older now. I'm seeing some of these kids and <laughs> Vlad Guerrero now in the game. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's, unfortunately, what wasn't cool to see was this injury. I'm sure you saw the video. Yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal looking. He kind of went into a position where his knee was all the way straight, and then he went into an extreme position of, of hip flexion or moving of the hip upward and sustained this hamstring strain. He was placed on the injured list on April 29th. And essentially when we're dealing with any kind of muscle strain, Aaron, as you know, for the listeners out there, it's an overstretch of the muscle. Uh, when in grade one type situations, it's a slight overstretch. A grade two, we get, actually get some partial tearing of the muscle. And in a grade three injury, it's actually a complete tear of the muscle, which ends up requiring surgery. So most oftentimes with these hamstring strains, they're of the grade one or grade two variety. Uh, Fernando Tartis Jr. was able to resume baseball activity on May 4th on Star Wars Day. Um, and he is uh, moving along nicely. So we presume here with Tatis Jr. that this is kind of grade one, grade two-ish. I would lean towards the grade one since he's resumed baseball activity as of just a few days ago. Return to play after these injuries can be anywhere from two to six weeks, just depending on severity. Uh, so uh, pending everything goes well, I, I would expect to see him head out on a rehab start in the next week or two, uh, rejoining the Padres thereafter. And, and Brandon, you know this, but just for the listeners, those hamstrings can be pretty tricky um, and they can even tend to linger. So hopefully, um, I'm sure the rehab staff over in San Diego is doing a good job um, just loading loading that hamstring and just, uh, if you could speak on just the re-injury rates of, of hamstring strains, because it's pretty significant. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact percentage off the top of my head, but anytime you're dealing with any soft tissue injury, the, the biggest predictor of, of, of having that injury, again, is a history of the injury. So I hate to burst your bubble, but your, your now boy, Lonnie Chisenhall, who was a former Cleveland Indian, who's <laughs> – we're not talking about him tonight, but I believe he's on the IL with a, with a fractured finger. But yeah. he had gastroc muscles made of glass when he was in Cleveland and he probably strained those things three or four different occasions and so that just that just speaks to the the, the potential for re-injury with these soft tissue injuries obviously the hamstring and the gastroc are two different muscles but the but the principle uh, remains valid for both so once a player Absolutely. goes down with an injury like this it's definitely something to to keep an eye on and usually I mean usually I'll, I'll term it as my my concern for re-injury being low to moderate for, for these types of things. So a young electric player out there for San Diego, and we just keep our fingers crossed, crossed that this thing doesn't bark up and, and act up for him again. Totally agree. Another, another young promising player over in Washington is Trey Turner on uh, their shortstop. He, he's dealing with a right index finger fracture. Um, just like Kluber, it is non-displaced, which is, like I said before, very good news compared to a displaced fracture. Um, with your non-displaced um, fractures, the the alignment was not was not uh, misconstrued at all. Um, so it just helps for a little faster healing time. Uh, this was on April second. Uh, he tried to lay down a bunk on the back of the hand uh, by a fastball. Uh, placed on the ten day IL on April third. Uh, it was reported on April 9th um, by the Athletic that the tentative timetable for him is four to six weeks. Um, I actually got the alert right before we went on that he was hitting off, hitting off a tee today uh, as well as a light round of BP. So that's, that's good news for Trey Turner. Um, if you had anything to say about that, Brandon. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's progressing nicely. And obviously anytime you deal with an injury to the fingers, that's going to affect an, an individual's ability to grip the bat. 
a young guy who we want to see out there for Washington. And he's really, I mean, one of, one of their key guys now with the departure of Bryce Harper. They need him out there to be able to be out there and play effectively. So it looks like everything's progressing as expected, as you mentioned. Uh, he took that BP. Uh, so just something to keep an eye on here over the next couple of weeks and, and see what happens out there with Turner. Staying within the NL East, we're going to jump over here to Ioannis Sestbidis here with the New York Mets. He's actually had surgery on both of his heels since the end of last season. He had surgery on his left heel in October and had previously had surgery on his right heel in August. Uh, and this surgery was designed to help remove uh, increased calcification or bone spurs that had developed in each of his heels, which caused him to alter his uh, running mechanics and his gait uh, and, and just a host of other leg injuries. So he's a big-name guy with a big bat that the Mets really do need out there. Uh, with regards to a recent update on his status, he was, he's been throwing. He's been hitting off a, off of a tee. That was as of April 30th. He's not yet back to running, but he has been throwing and hitting off a tee. Uh, and then the team actually just moved him onto the 60-day IL as of yesterday, May 6th. So a return for Cespedes should happen at some point this season, but he was just moved to the 60-day IL. Uh, so he's going to be out for at least another month or two to allow him to resume running, get his legs back under him before the Mets will consider bringing him back. So tough blow here for the Mets, a key player who's very effective when he's out there, and uh, hopefully we see him back here in Duke. That's a, that's a tough one cannon of an arm from the outfield as well so yeah well, I, mean, I loved watching his highlights whenever i was playing college baseball yeah i mean unreal i mean just some of the throws that he can make out of the out of the outfield there, there'd be a base runner that's trying to test his arm maybe trying to st stretch a double into into a triple or maybe tag up from second to third or third to home and he'd, he'd gun him down i mean it's just incredible how much power he has in his arm absolutely we're moving to Steven Souza Jr. with another just look away injury um, on March 25th. Um, he was coming from uh, third to home in an expedition game, right? And he stepped on the plate, hyperextended his knee, uh, and his knee actually experienced a varus moment, which just means it um, instead of turning inward, like you would typically see for a knee injury, it, it pushed outward. Um, obviously, MRIs were taken. Uh, and we had a left ACL, LCL, PCL um, tear, uh, as well as a posterior capsule tear. Um, so ACL, you're looking at your anterior cruciate ligament, your LCL, your lateral collateral ligament, your posterior, or your PCL is your posterior cruciate ligament. Um, and these all just helped add stability to the knee, right? Just to um, decrease excessive movement in the knee, um, both inward and outward, as well as hyperextension and hyperflexion. Um, and that capsule that he also tore just kind of surrounds the whole, the whole joint itself, um, just to keep fluid out, keep the fluid inside. Um, yeah, just a real tough one here for Steven Souza. Um, he had surgery performed on April 2nd. Um, he's obviously done for 2019, but, uh, is, is eyeing a comeback for opening day 2020. But even that, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a possibility. I'm sure we'll play at some point next year. But this was uh, one of the uglier injuries I've seen. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. And, I mean, when you're looking at L ACL, LCL, PCL, that's – I mean, you've got four major stabilizing ligaments in your knee, and he tore three of them. Absolutely, plus the yeah. Capsule. So I'm not sure how much you've seen of it clinically, but for the listeners out there, anytime we're dealing with any kind of multi-ligamentous injury or, in other words, an injury that involves more than one of these ligaments, the return to play timetable is significantly lengthened. With an ACL, typically we see the 9- to 12-month range, but – 
with this multi-ligamentous injury and this posterior capsule tear, we're looking at a year plus. So I would say I would agree with you, Aaron, that I, I think uh, opening day for uh, 2020 for Sousa Jr. might be a little bit far-fetched. I agree that he probably will be back at some point next season, but I think opening day would really be pushing it. I'd be impressed if he was able to do it. I mean, because that'd be, that'd be a fantastic rehab, but I, I, I just don't yeah. see it happening. Absolutely. Just a tough one. It reminds me of like um, a Marshawn Lattimore, the one uh, running back for, I forget what SEC school it was, but I think he tore like three out of the four ligaments the one year. He did. Uh, yeah. He, like played, he played at, uh, at, at South Carolina, I believe. South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, the last guy we're going to hit on tonight, Aaron, and then we'll call it, call it a show here on episode one of season two for Major League Baseball Fantasy Doctors podcast is Matt Shoemaker in the same neck of the woods here as Sousa Jr. Uh, he plays for the Blue Jays. He tore his ACL on April 21st and had surgery nine days later to repair or reconstruct that ACL on April 30th. He will begin here. He should have began his rehab process already and should be a week into that as, as we record this here on May 7th. Again, the typical return to play timetable, we're looking at about 9 to 12 months. Uh, so he'll be done for all of 2019 and should be on track to be ready uh, close to the beginning of the regular season for 2020. He should be ready to go for spring training, uh, but definitely a tough blow for Toronto. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, another great player out there for the Blue Jays, and uh, just wishing him and all the rest of these guys that, were, that we talked about this evening the best and speedy recoveries for all of them. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, as far as what to look forward to here, again, on future episodes, we're going to hit on new injuries and also review old injuries from previous shows. So you'll hear about some of these guys we talked about tonight on the next episode, as well as some new injuries. Uh, we're also looking for other content that you'll hear on, on the podcast. We'll talk about key waiver wire ads to uh, add to your fantasy baseball rosters in the absence of the guys we discussed on this podcast. Uh, we might throw in a little bit of this date in baseball history uh, to uh, kind of brush up on uh, the, the, the baseball trivia knowledge for you all. And uh, there will be other stuff that we include as well. Uh, just want to reach out to all of you guys and say thanks for listening to episode one here of season two for the Fantasy Doctors. And I'm gonna, just going to toss things back over here to Aaron just for a brief moment. And Aaron, you can offer any final thoughts if you have them at this time. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, man, just uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, we, pre we appreciate the, the views, the listens, anything you guys can offer. Um, I just want to thank you and the rest, of, uh, the rest of the staff over at Fantasy Doctors for allowing me to come on. I'm super excited for this. Um, I think this will be a really good time. Uh, just looking forward to really giving uh, the listeners some good content and helping them any way we can for sure. Yeah, it's awesome, Aaron. It, it, tonight's been a blast. Uh, I'm enjoying getting to know you a little bit, and I'm sure we'll get to know each other more uh, over the course of, uh, of doing these shows. So uh, with that, uh, be sure to follow the Fantasy Doctors on Twitter, at the Fantasy DRS, myself, at BLBowers12. And now you can follow Aaron, at Aaron Berger. That's Aaron with two A's, Berger, B-U-R-G-E-R, -E underscore P-T. Uh, be sure to check out the Fantasy Doctors website, www.thefantasydoctors.com. And as always, download and review us on iTunes. Thanks again, everybody. This is going to wrap up episode one of season two of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. And go Cleveland Indians. <laughs> Perfect. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.